1: president of Senior Care Consulting. Thanks so much for being here today. I really and truly appreciate you. And as you listen to the program, just just understand that you're joined by several thousand. I mean, thousands and thousands. I'm not even sure exactly how many people are streaming this online around the country. That number is absolutely growing. But just know there are lots of folks here interested in the very same information. We are literally all in this together. And these numbers will just do nothing but grow and grow and grow over the next, uh you know, two or three decades. So, uh the mission of Senior Care Live is to provide information, education and resources for seniors and their caregivers. It's just very straightforward, very simple. And our listening audience uh it includes a lot of a lot of different folks, but you know, we have a lot of uh, adult children or or baby boomers in that in that area of age, uh 1946 to 1961. Uh excuse me, 1946 to 1964, I believe. Uh so about 70 some million people who are caring for or uh, have some responsibility for their aging parents and they also may be caring for their for the grandparents uh, just like I did It includes the seniors themselves listening to the program. I get lots and lots of calls and inquiries uh, from an elderly person saying, hey, I I learned something every single week, and uh, I really appreciate the information. You've really helped me think about uh, a lot of things and making some plans for my own care and my own needs. Uh, And then it also includes a lot of medical professionals and just other professionals in general. Uh dealing with senior care uh, and, and the caregivers uh, who are providing the care. So if you're listening to the radio or streaming us online or you may be listening to the podcast after the fact, again, thanks so much for tuning in today and being here today. You can reach us at our toll-free number. Here it is. Write it down. It's 1-800-331-6445. Again, 1-800-331-6445. Don't forget to visit online. Uh, It's a good website, SeniorCareLive, L-I-V, SeniorCareLive.com. Be sure to connect socially. We do a lot of communications through uh, social media, and you don't want to miss out on a thing. All right, so uh, I was asked to announce this, and uh, and I definitely wanted to, to, to uh, let you know about an upcoming, uh, just a really cool event with a great guy. So this is the Jackson County Professionals in Aging, and that's going to be uh, coming right up here uh, April the 4th. And that's going to be from 1130 to 1. And the presenter is Dr. Jeff Burns. You've heard him here on the program uh, two or three times over our last few years here. Uh, He's also been the uh, featured uh, speaker, guest, uh, the keynote speaker at some of our continuing education programs uh, that we do around the Kansas City metro uh, but this, I love Dr. Burns. Can I say that on the radio, Mark? I love him. He's fantastic. Uh, he's the co-director of the KU Alzheimer's, uh, uh, the KU Alzheimer's, uh, disease center. And they do a tremendous amount of research and some great work there. And I, I really think every time I talk to Dr. Burns, he, first of all, he, he speaks in English, uh, meaning no Dr. Z's. He doesn't, uh, you know, speak over your head. He just, Tells you like it is in a very understandable, easy to understand format. That that's one of the things I love and really appreciate about Dr. Burns. But I always get so excited when I'm around him and he tells me about all the things they're working on and I really do believe that, you know, in my lifetime, I, I think they're gonna I think they're gonna fix this. I think they're gonna they're gonna figure this thing out. They're gonna figure out how to either stop the progression, uh reverse the plaque in the brain that builds up the amyloid plaque, uh maybe even stop the the entry of plaque into an area where it's not supposed to be I, I and and that may or may not be it i think it's one of the factors according to what i've learned uh through uh, dr burns and all the good folks over at ku but uh here's here's the bottom line you know he, he said if we can delay the onset of alzheimers by 5 years we've reduced alzheimers by 50% you know uh, another thing that he said that just uh, i always remember if it's good for your heart it's good for your brain and, and that makes a lot of sense. And then one thing he said at the last continuing education, uh, uh, meeting that we had was he said sitting is the new smoking. And uh, that really, uh, that really hit home with me. So if you have a sedentary lifestyle, you're not getting exercise. That is as bad for you in different ways, cognitively, as smoking is. Uh, for you, uh, physically through, you know, affecting your lungs and increasing, uh, the probability of cancer, et cetera. So, uh, and stroke and everything else. So, uh, here's where you can hear Dr. Burns. He is the featured speaker at the upcoming Jackson County Professionals on Aging, April the 4th from 1130 a.m. to 1 p.m. at the First Baptist Church of Blue Springs, 4500 Little Blue Parkway in Independence, Missouri. So, uh, if, and this, this one is Totally wide open to the public. That's a large venue. And uh, so go out and, and check out Dr. Burns. He is awesome. All right, and then I have a few uh, housekeeping uh, uh, things here over the next uh, you know couple of segments and i 'm going to have two special guests talking about very important information on our second two our final two segments, the third and the fourth segment. So you want to stick around for the whole program today, but i 've had several discussions over the last couple of weeks regarding hospice and and you know we 've talked about hospice. Uh, uh, quite a bit on the program and some of the different things uh, related to hospice and the issues and the service itself. Uh, but the people that I've spoken to um, have said, you know, something to the effect of, well, Steve, you know, I got a call from the assisted living. Actually, I had two really similar calls. It was in like a day or two apart. So they both said, mom's somewhere between assisted living and hospice. And there is this uh tone in their voice, and uh, it, they were implying that hospice is the next level of care uh, after assisted living. And, and so I, I called them back, and I explained uh, about uh, hospice. I explained that it's a special type of care that can be delivered wherever you live. Okay, so let me repeat that. Hospice is a special type of care That can be delivered wherever you live. You could be living in your house. You can be living in an apartment, an assisted living facility, or even a nursing home. Hospice services and hospice care can be delivered to you wherever you live. So it's not a particularly a level of care. OK, uh, it, it is a type of care that can, if you're already in a care facility, it'll just supplement the care that you're receiving. Uh, and uh, it's in addition to, you know, the, the care you're receiving uh, if you are in assisted living or in the, uh, the nursing home uh, level. Now, hospice can also be delivered uh, in a hospice house. That is a place where hospice is uh, delivered. And, uh, uh it, this is typically, uh, for a person in their final days, uh, not in their final, you know, several months, uh, in their, in their, if they have a diagnosis or excuse me, a prognosis of six months or less, typically that's going to qualify for hospice. There are some other qualifying factors there. Uh, but the hospice house is typically for the, the last few days uh and and that is a place but the majority of hospice is delivered in other settings so uh it it's the majority of it here's the bottom line is is hospice is not a a level of care that is you know higher than assisted living it's just it's a type of care uh, and then i've heard some uh some families having some issues uh, with uh, the nursing home admission process here recently. Again, I'm just kind of touching up on some housekeeping uh, here and, and just answering a few questions. If I'm getting a lot of questions, then I'm going to assume that other people have the same questions, and I always like to uh, uh, share that with you here on the program. So just uh, please be aware that if you're planning to apply for Medicaid, uh, in, in the state of Kansas, you're going to have to have what's called a care assessment, and that's done and performed uh, by someone at your local, your uh, account. It's like, say, if it's in uh, on the Kansas side, if it's in Johnson County, it's the Johnson County Area Agency on Aging, Wyandotte County, etc. cetera. Uh, so the different counties have their different area agencies on aging, uh, but they would do the assessment on the Missouri side, uh, you would get this through your physician and it's a a form that's completed by your doctor called a DA124 and and uh, so here's the bottom line the state if the state's going to use medicaid money to pay for your care then they want a third party an independent third party to do an assessment and verify that this person will benefit by the services offered at the nursing home level and qualify for the services that will be offered at the nursing home level, so hope that is that's a big part of this. The other part of it uh, is they're gonna they're gonna need a physician's order uh, to admit. So you can't just walk in the door and say, "Hey, here I am. Uh, where's where's my room?" It just you have to have these these folks manage. Your entire life, they're responsible for your health and well-being. And so they're, you know, you have to have a physician's order uh, for that. Uh, some other things that you're going to have to fill out an application you're going to have to answer a lot of questions and if there is a uh, any questions about a medicaid application that may be coming forward uh, in the in the near future then you're going to want to be able to uh, to answer those and uh, and clarify that so uh, hopefully that helps i'm going to have a lot more information right after the break but first let's not forget about this senior care live question of the week a care contract must be in place to avoid a Medicaid penalty when paying a family member to provide care. Is this statement true or false? The answer right after the break, do not go away. You're listening to Senior Care Live on the Senior Care Broadcasting Network. For more information, call now, toll free, 1-800-331-6445. For more information about this program and how we can help you and your family, call our toll-free number anytime. It's 1-800-331-6445. 1-800-331-6445. Don't forget, you can stream this program live to any electronic device. It's very simple. Just go to seniorcarelive.com. Click on the listen live button and it'll just give it a, a few seconds to connect and uh, it will stream straight to your phone, your tablet, your computer, whatever you have. And it is literally that simple. All right. Back to the senior care live question of the week. A care contract must be in place to avoid a Medicaid penalty when paying a family member to provide care. Is this statement true or false? And the answer is A, true. It is true. All right, so a care contract is basically an employment agreement. Uh, so, and this, this will totally avoid a Medicaid penalty. I don't like the law and the rule. Unfortunately, it's been abused in the past. And so if, if someone, you know, legitimately, let's say I hear this all the time. I quit my job. I'm going to stay home to take care of my mom or my dad, my loved one. And they're going to pay me, you know, 15 bucks an hour, uh, to, you know, to help me out because I just quit my job, but it keeps them out of a nursing home. Well, that's fine. But you have to have a care contract. Uh, in place uh, if you think that they're going to need Medicaid and be placed in a nursing home in the future because Medicaid has a five-year look back, and they'll see all of these payments going to you. And then they're going to say, well, what is this for? Well, I quit my job, and I stayed home, and I took care of my mom, took care of my dad. And they're going to say, well, do you have a care contract in place? And if you say no, they're going to count every penny of that as a gift. And I do not like that. I don't like it a bit, but it's absolutely true. And a gift will result in a Medicaid penalty. Uh, and so that can get, uh, that can get pretty painful. So if this just raised red flags, I can feel red flags going up all over the, uh, all over the listening area. Call an elder law attorney and get on that immediately. I would, I would run. I would not walk and I would get that fixed immediately. Alright, so some nursing homes, and especially in the state of Kansas right now, are wanting to examine your, your Medicaid application before considering admission into their facility. And there are several reasons of that. Uh, as I've mentioned before, I've harped on this quite a bit. Uh, Kansas is way, 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 way behind in paying the nursing homes uh, their Medicaid reimbursement. Uh, I hope that doesn 't last very much longer, but it 's been going on for a long time it 's causing lots and lots of problem uh, problems out there. Uh, one family uh kept their parents home and and it 's uh, they 're renting out their house a- and that 's perfectly fine and and then the, their parent went to the nursing home uh, but the rental amount from their home, their parents' rental, uh, renting their parents' home produces an income, and that income has to be included in their parents' income, and that is part of what is to be paid to the nursing home, and I know of uh, a... Uh, a nursing home where the son is not including the rental amount as part of their parent's income, and now the nursing home has to chase the son for the money. It's just a great big mess. So, uh, so and, and and don't do that. Just play by the rules. <laughs> I, I think most people do. Once in a while, though, uh, they don't, and that's a real problem. Uh, many Medicaid applications are not completed correctly, and if there's a problem getting them approved, the nursing home is absolutely out the money and 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 they don't have any recourse in getting reimbursed so very 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 important uh, uh to get it filled out properly and that's why you're hearing more and more nursing homes getting hands on involved in making sure these applications are completed uh properly and, and also if you can if it's if it's possible please do yourself a favor and move to the nursing home while you can still pay at least one month private pay, and that's about $6,000. More is better. A lot of these places uh, are saying, well, we can't take someone in the front door the first day Medicaid pending uh, because we're taking a heck of a risk. If if the application is not approved, then the nursing home has no way of being reimbursed, and that's a major risk for them financially. Uh, and, you know, unless your application, and again, I'm just going through some housekeeping stuff today. I'm just hitting on several points I've heard about, uh, the last few weeks. Uh, unless your application is extremely simple and very straightforward, uh, I highly recommend that you have an elder law attorney handle this Medicaid application for you. Now, I'm not knocking the personnel in the, in the nursing home helping folks out with these applications. I'm not, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying they don't specialize in this 24 hours a day like uh, many of our uh, great elder law firms uh, do here in the KC metro area. Especially when there is a division of assets and any complications whatsoever, do yourself a giant favor and contact A qualified, experienced elder law attorney to handle that application, especially if you have a division of assets involving uh, a husband and wife where one spouse needs the nursing home care and the other one's going to stay home. And an elder law attorney will maximize the assets for the community spouse, the spouse staying at home, minimize the assets for the nursing home spouse called the, referred to as the institutionalized spouse. I don't like that term, but that's what they call it. Uh, and, and there, it's way too complicated to get into today. And it's way too complicated for most folks with the exception of a solid quality uh, elder law attorney to do this. So uh, again, contact an elder law attorney for that. Also, the taxes of long-term care, uh, that's really, really tricky. I was going to have Peter Newman on the program, and uh, I tried to twist his arm. He's too busy. (laughs) Last year, I had him on around tax time. Uh, He is swamped this year. He apologizes. Uh, Next year, I'm going to call him and get him in here in in about January, maybe early February, before uh, before he gets too close to tax time. But that is really, really, really tricky. And, And so if there are tax questions uh it, you may or may not be able to deduct uh, deduct some of the expenses sometimes you can deduct a lot of the expenses so that is definitely worth qu- uh, contacting peter newman or or another you know quality you know cpa tax preparer or or tax pre- preparation service And then I'm not going to do a consumer alert today uh, on this one, but I just, I want to, I do want to give a heads up uh, on an issue I'm hearing about with consistency. And this is very, very, very disturbing to me. I'm just hearing consistently about poor care and poor response time at some of our rehab facilities. Not all of them, but some of them. Uh, And the few that I've heard about here recently, we're talking big, beautiful places uh, where you would never suspect poor care never suspected right where the person uh, where the patient is discharged from a hospital goes to the skilled nursing facility for a rehab stay uh and, and and this is where you're supposed to get the highest level of care it's all paid for by medicare which that means you and i and all the other taxpayers out there uh, is supposed to have the highest staffing ratios uh and, and you're supposed to get just this awesome care i'm hearing more and more about poor care Uh, Poor response time to call lights, not paying attention to physician's orders, not ordering labs, not starting medications ordered by a physician, uh, patients being discharged in far worse condition than when they arrived. Okay, so you must be engaged. You must be there. You must visit frequently. You must be your loved one's advocate, uh, and you must make sure they're receiving the care and the attention that they need. And, you know, when they're in rehab, you got to step up. That's the bottom line. Uh, so so just, just be aware of that. And don't forget, we have two excellent guests right after the break. I'll be right back. You're listening to Senior Care Live on the Senior Care Broadcasting Network. For more information, call now, toll-free, Operators are standing by. 1-800-331-6445. I'll be right back. Come back. You're listening to Senior Care Live on the Senior Care Broadcasting Network. For more information about this program and how we can help you and your family, call our toll-free number at any time, 24 hours a day. A real person uh, answers the phone, and how about that? So <laughs> we're we're here to please uh, 1-800-331-6445. Again, that's one 800 Three three one six four four five, and uh, also don't forget if, if you miss one of the programs and you're like, oh gosh, I I missed that, and I want to go back and hear it, or if you wish someone else would have heard the program, no worries at all. You can always go back after the fact. Uh, uh, so go to Senior Care Live L I V E Senior dot com. Click on the podcast tab, and you can listen to any. Of the previously aired episodes, give us till you know Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday after the program, and we'll uh, we'll have that up. And feel free to share and listen again and share with friends. So all right, my special guests today from uh the Great uh Company Crossroads Hospice, uh we have Mark Patterson, uh, social work team coordinator and Val Criswell, support services director again with Crossroads Hospice uh at Mark and Val, welcome to Senior Care Live. Thank you. Thank you. Glad to be here. All right, and uh and for our listeners uh, if, if you think you may qualify for cross, uh, for, for hospice services or you want to look into, you know, what is that all about and how do you qualify and how is it paid for and all of those important questions? Reach out to our friends at Crossroads Hospice, 816-333-9200. That's 816-333-9200. And Crossroads covers the, the, the entire listening area, Kansas, Missouri, North, South, Uh, and they, uh, they do a fantastic job. Uh, they are just, they're just simply incredible. Uh, so today we're going to be talking to Mark and Val uh, with Crossroads Hospice about National Healthcare uh, Decisions Day. And, uh, uh, Mark, usually I think that's April the 16th, but this year, I guess it's a, a whole week, uh, the 16th through the 22nd. Yeah, they determine one day is kind of the main
2: focus day. Okay. But, uh, actually what Crossroads does, since we're, we're involved with that, is make it a whole month long. Uh,
1: okay. So it's National Healthcare Decisions Month. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, and I like having the, the, uh, kind of the, uh, the exclamation point on the 16th. But you're right. I mean, this is a, this is a huge, uh, subject. It's very, very important. And, uh, and, and you have, uh, what different seminars and presentations and activities going on throughout the whole month.
2: Yeah, our, our, between the, our marketing staff and social workers, we go out and go to nursing homes, uh, community centers, uh, doctor's offices. Uh, we just try to cover all the different places to, to
1: spread the word about advanced directives. Absolutely. So, Val, let's, let's ask the first question, uh, and this is, I think, misunderstood by most people. What is an advanced directive?
0: Well, Steve, I like to say that an advanced directive and a living will and a durable power attorney for health care and a DNR, if you think of it as, a picture an umbrella, and that umbrella is titled advanced directives. Mm-hmm. Under that, if you will, then comes living wills, durable power of attorney for health care, and DNR, or do not resuscitate. Those all three make up what is known as an advanced directive. And so what it is is what are your wishes for your health care when you can no longer speak for yourself and make those decisions. So a living will, if you will, is what are those wishes? Spell them out for your, for your family or whoever you've appointed as your power of attorney. Mm-hmm. You know, do you want tube feeding? Do you want to be resuscitated? What are your exact wishes when you can no longer make those decisions?
1: And you're putting that on paper and making a declaration at yes. that point. Yes, When you you're of clear mind and, yes. and sound mind and saying, you know, I want heroic measures. I, I don't want heroic measures. I mean, you're stating your wishes very, as clearly as they can be stated.
0: As clearly as they can be stated. And the thing to realize, too, is that it can change over time, you know. And, and when Mark talked about um, national health care decisions Month, if you will, uh-huh. it it really shouldn't be a month. It's all year long, and it's for anybody of any age.
1: Absolutely, you know.
0: And somebody who makes a living will at age twenty five, that living will can change as you get older. You know, you might want heroic measures, but then as you age, you might decide, well, no, I don't want the heroic measures. Right? I want that's a this, really good but point. But I don't want that.
1: Th- that that's a very good point because mm-hmm. I think that does change a lot with age. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a- absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All right. So, so the living will then, uh, states very clearly, uh, in, in advance, you know, what my wishes, uh, your wishes. heroic measures, no heroic measures, uh, spells it out. And then a power of attorney for health care. Now, talk, talk about that for a minute.
0: A power of attorney, a DPOA or a power of attorney for health care is when you appoint someone who then will speak for you when you can't make your decisions. All right. Um, and you want to be very, very strategic and careful with who you pick. You want to pick someone who's going to uphold your wishes, because once you can no longer—and this is very important—once you can no longer speak for yourself and your power of attorney is invoked, that person can override your wishes. Oh boy! So I know I could say in my—I <laughs> could say in my living will I do not want a feeding tube. But my power of attorney, when it's invoked, may say, yeah, no, I want her to have a feeding tube, you know, or we want her to be, have CPR. Uh, we want to rescind that DNR. So you have to be very careful and have these, the, the key is to have these discussions with who you pick well before it's going to go into effect.
1: You know, you always think about the Terry Shivo case, Mark, exactly. and, uh, right, and yeah. Val, and, and that was just un- such an infor- unfortunate situation. I mean, the president of the United States even, kind of got in on that one and everyone had to hear about the, the inner workings and the, the fighting, um, the father said, you're not taking my daughter off life support. And the husband said, look, she's, she said she wouldn't want to live this way. And, and ultimately they did take her off the life support, but this can be cleared up with the simple document. And, uh, uh, and if there are any arguments, you go back to the document. Mm -hmm. That's right. And that's, we always encourage that because that's, Such a big thing that
2: uh, when you don't have it, people aren't going to agree. You know, family members, there's too many people, personalities, emotions involved, and and people uh, just get caught up in it thinking, what do I want, not what does my loved one want.
1: Well, and if you leave that up to your kids, the last thing your children will want to ever do is to – Quote unquote, I, I hate the, I do not like this phrase, but to pull the plug, to right. discontinue, uh, life support. They're, cause then, guess what? They just, they feel like they just caused the death of their parent, which, mm-hmm. and, and they didn't. Uh, but, but that's, uh, and so you're not gonna get agreement on most of the time, um, or you could have a, a strong disagreement, uh, and, and who's gonna be responsible for that ultimately? Well, the power of attorney, and go back to your living will. Let's talk about uh, DNR, do not resuscitate, and uh, Mark, you know, DNR versus you know CPR, uh, you know, allowing natural death. Let's let's talk about that just for a minute. Uh, the DNR, do not resuscitate.
2: Uh, basically, that means when your heart stops, what do you want done? You know, and and CPR is the actual act of of trying to get the heart started again. And I think there's a lot of confusion. Sometimes people think, well. I'm not really dead yet, so do CPR on yeah. me. And they don't realize that a do, do not resuscitate or you do CPR on literally a dead person. You're not sort of alive
1: when this is going on. And yeah, so I, your I, heart has stopped. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, and you're just artificially kind of keeping that person alive by artificially you know, pumping the blood and getting a little bit of oxygen in uh, until hopefully – paramedics or hospital personnel can arrive and maybe get you going again. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And I think a DNR is, again, going back to being very situational. Yeah. Um, You know, if you're in a car accident, you probably do want CPR if you're going to come back to a level of a quality of life that you're used to. Yeah. If you have a terminal illness, for for instance, that may change that decision, you know, because you're going to come back still having that terminal illness.
1: See, and this is how many how many people. I mean, I don't know if you have this statistic, but uh, you know, how many people have the proper power of attorney documents in place and living wills in place?
0: It's. I think it's getting better. It I've is. been in Mark, and i have both been at Crossroads for thirteen years, and I think that with the National Healthcare Decisions Day and the work that the Center for Bioethics has done, mm-hmm. I think it's growing.
2: And I think doctors, physicians, hospitals are are doing a, a lot better job on that. I know when I go to the doctor's office for a visit, they're always asking me, "Do I have a,
1: a Living Will advanced directive?" So they're they're asking me, and, and that that's interesting actually. Now that you say that, uh, from my most recent uh, annual uh, uh, checkup. Um, they, the nurse asked me up front. I mean, all these new questions, and one of them is, you know, do you have a DNR? And she started asking me that, and that was kind of a recent thing. But uh, I, I'm glad that uh, efforts like National Healthcare Decisions Day, uh, week, or you know, a month of just really highlighting the importance of that and what it is and how easy it is to get this document in place. It, it's it's really catching. on. I think it's really making a difference.
0: There are still people who are very hesitant to do it, though.
1: It's scary. You don't want to think about it. You don't want to. That's kind of just uh,
2: one thing you don't talk about with family or politics, religion, and I think medical, medical stuff too. I'll have to admit I probably should have had a discussion with my dad who's getting getting older and yeah. and I haven't had that discussion with him yet and I should because I need to know what his wishes are and so I should practice what I preach.
1: And then and then a lot of times the the parents are they're very private, maybe they don't want to share that with you. Uh, so if they don't want to share it with you, then we need to – and in the next segment, we'll talk about the resources, and maybe if they don't want to share it with you, maybe they can go out and do this on their own. And there's some really nice resources available right here in Kansas City, and we're going to talk about that in the next segment. Uh, reach out to our friends at Crossroads Hospice 816 816- they do excellent work in our community including a lot of community education and outreach just like we're doing today crossroads hospice 816 333 9200 don't go away we have a lot more right after the break you're listening to senior care live on the senior care broadcasting network for more information call now toll-free 1-800-331-6445. For more information about this program and how we can help you and your family, call anytime, literally 24 hours a day. It's a toll-free number. Uh, be sure to write that down and keep it handy. And, and, again, you could literally call anytime. It's 1-800-331-6445. Again, 1-800-331-6445. And, you know, if you... Um, if you'd rather not make the phone call, you're more of an email person, just go to SeniorCareLive.com. And, uh, you know, you can shoot us an email as well. A lot of people would rather do that, and that's fine. So feel free to do that uh, as well. All right, back to my special guest today, Mark Patterson, Social Work Team Coordinator, and Val Criswell. Uh, Support Services Director, uh, both uh, social workers here with Crossroads Hospice, and, and reach out to Crossroads. I mean, the the gift of a day. We're going to talk about that uh, here in the next few months. Uh, that's just one of the best programs. I I follow Crossroads on on social media, and I read all of those, and I'm in tears pretty much every time I, I read one of those things. Uh, just you you literally literally provide the gift of a day. Uh, and make someone's dreams come true. Uh, I, I remember uh, the, uh, the pilot who said, I want to go up in, 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 in a jet, in a plane one more time. And, uh. And I, I'm just I'm bawling like a baby. I am seriously I mean just a fantastic uh program. But reach out to Crossroads Hospice uh 333 9200 covering the Kansas and Missouri side uh, throughout the listening area. You can also go online, lots of great information online crossroads hospice dot com. Crossroads hospice. And Val, we were talking about, you know, the person making their own decision. As long as they're capable of doing that, even if the family doesn't agree, it's their right to do so.
0: Absolutely. Everyone has the right to direct their own medical care as long as they are able to do it, and um, I think a key point is we were talking before the break about the durable power of attorney for health care. Mm-hmm. That does not go into effect unless a person is unresponsive or deemed incapacitated. For instance, maybe they have dementia. So as long as a person is, you know, alert and oriented and can make their own decisions, they, will make their, they can make their own decisions, and it may go against necessarily what their family wants. A person mm-hmm. can decide to stop chemotherapy to stop radiation, to stop dialysis, to refuse a treatment. Um, and as long as they are able to make those decisions, they drive their own health care.
1: Even if your power of attorney does not agree with that?
0: Absolutely, because that power of attorney is not invoked until you can no longer make your decisions.
1: And that's a very key point. Uh-huh. I've had all kinds of people say, and I have a lot of attorneys on the, on the program as well, elder law and estate planning. I have a lot of people say, well, I have power of attorney. So, uh, you know, when, when dad passes, I can just take care of, you know, all of his, uh you know, all of his business matters, et cetera. Well, no, your, your power of attorney expires when your loved one expires. Uh And so then now we're in a different situation and we'll talk about uh, a will versus a, a living will here in just a second. But so, so the point is, as long as you are able to competently make decisions for yourself, it is your right to do so. That is correct. When you are incompetent or no longer able to make uh, health care decisions – Then and only then does that durable power of attorney for healthcare, uh, only, only at that point does that matter. And that, and then the person that you've granted the power of attorney can make decisions on your behalf.
0: They, and hopefully you've picked someone who will make your decisions.
1: Oh boy. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I can see where that could get real messy sometimes. Um, Someone might change their mind. No, I can't do it. I know that's what she wanted. I can't do it. And, and yeah, so let's get out the feeding tubes and let's let's do some heroic measures. It's not what you ever wanted. So I, I think the, the the two critical pieces there is, and you've said it two or three times now, make sure you choose someone who will have the strength and the ability to follow your your wishes,
0: and look beyond your family. It may, it may, you know, if you think your children are not going to agree, it may be your best friend.
1: Yeah, yeah, it, it could be uh, someone who's a little more objective. third party objective uh, uh, versus uh, yeah, someone who's maybe too close to you. That's a really good point. Uh, but but just to understand, you know, Mark, I mean, you you're putting literally your life in someone's hands when you when you grant them that that you're, authority. You're giving them that power. And, and
2: we will tell people all the time, uh, who would that person be? Is it, it doesn't have to be your sister, your brother, your mom, your dad. If it's your best friend, someone from church, that's who you want to name because you yep. want that person to be able to stand up to everybody else and say, hey, no, this
1: is what, what she wanted or he wanted. And, you know, for, for, for my mom, um, I could make, I would follow her wishes. I, I don't know if my two brothers could do that. In fact, I'm pretty sure they couldn't or they maybe they wouldn't want to. And so I will I will bear that responsibility. That's just me. Uh, so, OK, let's talk about some of the differences between uh, Kansas and Missouri, because there are some state differences that could uh, affect uh, your uh, your 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 living will. And some of these issues we're talking about. Yes,
2: like, uh, Missouri and Kansas are, are both really different Uh in Kansas, there's what they call a next of kin or a surrogacy law, where if you don't have an advanced directive or that there is a, uh, you follow basically kind of if if you're married, your spouse is that person they would go to. Uh, if if you're not, then it's siblings or mother, father. Uh, in Missouri, they do not have a law of surrogacy. Uh, I know the uh, there's there are efforts going on right now to get that taken care of because mm-hmm. there is there is nothing there so guys in Missouri you're kind of out of luck if you don't have a of a power of attorney uh, because there's no one legally there that can 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 be involved with that. I'm surprised. It makes the
1: the what did, what did you call it on the Kansas side? Uh, like surrogacy law or next of kin. Sometimes. Yeah, next of kin. So mm-hmm. they'll just they'll go to your spouse. They'll go to a, a parent or a mm-hmm. brother or, or or someone. And then and then I can see where I can see pros and cons both sides. Actually, <laughs> I I guess. So don't don't leave it to chance. Just set up your own documents. Uh, and and then don't get a will confused with a living will.
2: I hear that all the time when I ask someone if they have a living will they go oh I've I've taken care of that I've I've you know my my every, everything goes to my my brother it's like no that's not that's not what I'm talking about it's it's a living will about medical decisions about what what you do and do not want done medically uh, nothing to do with estates or money or anything like
1: that yeah okay all right so that's it. That's a a very good distinction. Uh, And so we're talking about advanced directives. And, Val, I love how you said this is um, an umbrella. Just review that one more time, the three pieces.
0: Okay. If you think of advanced directives as an umbrella, and under that umbrella is your living will, your durable power of attorney for health care, and your DNR. That makes up the advanced directives.
1: That's as straightforward as it gets. Uh, so, all right. So, so today we're talking about National Healthcare Decisions Day. Uh, typically, it's celebrated on April the sixteenth, the day after Tax Day. How can you forget that? Uh, uh, this year, uh, uh, kind of recognizing an entire week, April sixteenth through the twenty second. Uh, our friends from Crossroads Hospice, uh, you're you're discussing that at many many different events all around all around our community for the entire month. If you want a list of these events, uh, just just call Crossroads Hospice at 816-333-9200. Uh, 816-333-9200. Or you can also check out the, uh, find the list online at crossroadshospice.com. Crossroadshospice.com. And uh, Mark and Val, thanks so much for being here today and, and for uh, providing such great information for our listeners. Thank you. All right, and to everyone listening, I'm just I'm so honored that you spent part of your day tuning into this program. Thank you so very much. I'm your host, Steve Keeker, and I wish you grace and peace. May God bless you and your family on this day and always. I'll see you next week, right here on Senior Care Live!